We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Alan Zaslowski. You follow me on Twitter at Alan Zaslowski. Today, my guest is Matt Kelly, the podfather from playerprofiler.com. And we discuss roster cloggers on your dynasty fantasy football team. Those players that just eat up roster space, not allowing you to make moves and pick up players. Maybe you have an emotional attachment to those players or veterans that once were good, that just don't have any value right now that we're going to give you permission to cut. We identify 10 key players, and I think we even give you a couple more, 15 or 18 players, that it's okay to flush roster cloggers. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Having water. <laughs> go ahead, go get your water. It's okay. The go broadcast is live. It's okay. We're know. live right now. <laughs> I'm not going to go get water. I'm live. Yeah, but I can retweet I have respect it. for live. Yeah, I yeah, live it's... video respect. It was one of those things right when you said, don't go live for a second. I clicked the button. I was like, uh-oh. It's happening. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. have any water, so I might uh, I might, well, might go lose get my your water. Go, go get your water. I have to change my identity. Yeah. Are, are those uh, – uh, oh, those are unbelievable. You know, that reminds me of my rave days, you know, when I was used to be a raver and a DJ and things like that, when I would be used the- to be a raver and a DJ. Oh, man. For a while, this pod, guy. I, this it's, guy. It's funny you say that. Like I actually, uh, I had like a five year go ahead with this. You were uh, you were a, a Moby. You were in yeah. the mo. You were in the. You were a. You were a, a, a poor man's Moby. Yeah, I would say so. I, mean, I had a nice little run where I was getting booked internationally. I played in Taiwan. I played at the in in the tunnel, in New York City. I had a little small residency. I played in California, all over the place. You know, I had a little following wow. going in that for from like nineteen ninety eight nine to like two thousand five ish, and then ninety eight was like that was peak house music. Yeah, yeah, that was that was when you know Crystal Method. Yeah. And uh, remember the Chemical Brothers, Tiesto, and Chemical Brothers, Oakenfold. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, unbelievable! Yeah, Man, well, for another Daft Punk even was back then. That's when mm-hmm. Daft Punk got started. Yeah, no, I was I was doing the raving thing back in the mid '90s, and then I turned it in for DJing. Yeah, it's for another time. But you know, today I want to give um, give everybody <laughs> just players that are clogging up their dynasty <laughs> roster right now. That there's <laughs> <laughs> is that the beat in the background? But those, 
those glasses are what my eyeballs felt like with all the uh, the the the, the maybe not legal narcotics that I might have been on during that time frame of my life. You narcotics, know? you know, the, 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 is the, ecstasy a narcotic? I think so. I think is it? Fun. I don't even know what it's made of. Well, I don't think anybody does, which is why I don't, know, I don't know what's in it. Yeah, MDMA I think is the is the active ingredient. That, is it really? Yeah, yeah. MDMA. But I, yeah, I don't know what that stands for. You but feel it, great when you're on it. Yeah, but you feel like total garbage after. Total and the next garbage. day is absolutely horrific. Yeah, I mean, I it's funny because nowadays, like, you hear about all the 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 drugs that are polluted with like fentanyl, and that is just you know I couldn't even imagine. You're literally gambling with your life when you when you take it. You know, so don't do it. Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> Podfather, the reason I have you here is because unless right it's now- weed, the Podfather. Yeah, well, that's legal. The pot father. You that's know, not even what? a drug anymore. In in five years, we're going to look up and pot's not even going to be a drug. You know, I keep it. It's funny. As I say your name, I say pot. Have you ever, have you told the origin story story in a while of how you became, that moniker became, was it kind of, what's the short version of how you became the pod father? Someone on Twitter just said, uh, hey, you're, 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 you're the pod father. All right. Uh, you're the godfather of fantasy football podcast and you're the pod father. And I said, uh, I like that. And I changed my Twitter handle to that. And then, then we're done. Game yep. over. Game over. And then I and I owned it from there to the point where I got to, I got it trademarked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Isn't there another pod father, like a fake pod father? I think there's one that that has significant in different. It's not like a sports guy, but isn't there a pod father that does podcasting? I think there's a bunch. I think a bunch of people claim to be the pod father. One guy was like, hey, I, I was the first podcaster. I think there's a guy like that. And yeah. They just didn't get it trademarked. Uh, Bill Simmons has called himself the pod. So self-proclaimed. There's a bunch of self-proclaimed pod fathers out there. I'm yeah. just one of them. I've leaned into it probably the hardest of anybody. And in the fantasy sports and sports area, well, I guess Bill Simmons is sports, but yeah, I, I hadn't heard Bill Simmons call that, but I, maybe it rings a bell. See, exactly. That's the thing. You can't tell me it's Bill Simmons when people like you don't even know that. Right. And I'm Bill Simmons fan. Like yeah, I you're a Bill, when a Bill Simmons fan has no idea that people call him the pod father, then it's not his nickname. Yep. You know what there, a big problem is right now? Um, not just in like FFPC leagues where it's basically a glorified keeper league. Podfather, I need help because even in these 30-man, 35-roster spot dynasty leagues, there's a few guys that are clogging up our dynasty rosters. And Mm -hmm. I know you refer to them as truthers, but you're not allowed to have like six truthers on your roster. It's such bad. So let's help people clean out some of these roster cloggers, just which ones to flush down the toilet. And then um, towards the back end, once we just name a few of these guys, I have a bunch of, of current events situations. I know most people do current events first, main topic last. I want to get to the good stuff. That's one of the biggest uh, pieces of feedback we get. Hey, I clicked on a roster clogger. It's not going to wait for you to talk about Lamar Jackson's contract. So let's just give them the goodies. So first start with roster cloggers. What, how do we detach ourselves theoretically on our dynasty rosters from some of these guys that they were our guy and we drafted them and now they're just sitting there two years, three years. Jalen Rager comes to mind, guys like that. I would lean toward keeping some of these running backs with upside. Okay. Guy like Jerome Ford, hard to let go of, right? Jerome Ford has big upside. The Cleveland offense is supposed to be unlocked. So there's, there's been uh, whispers 
around Cleveland, picked up by Alex Dunlap at the Combine, and then shared on the Fantasy Life newsletter. And uh, Matthew Berry's column came out, which was intel from Alex directly, Hmm. that Cleveland plans to go wide open offense this year because they're an analytics-focused organization. That's something that has endured through multiple general managers, right? Uh, Sashi, when was Sashi there? Right. That was like four general managers ago. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, is it Sashi Brown, right? Yeah. I think it was, yeah. I always get confused because I'm like, is his name Sashi Brown or am I thinking of the Browns? Oh, Brown. no, it is Sashi Brown from the Browns. Right. So I was like, Sashi Brown? That's the thing. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I almost forgot Sashi Brown's name. It's been so long. But they installed this analytics department, which has endured. And they're starting to get more involved in a few things, more involved in player personnel decisions. So, for example, you know, the Anthony Schwartz pick, the Donovan Peoples-Jones pick, those are clear analytics picks. Like they just went to player profiler and they were like, oh, this guy has incredible speed or athleticism. Uh, let's get him. Let's get him in the, in the building and see what happens. And then sure enough, boom, Donovan Peoples-Jones is, is a full-blown day three hit. Right. Right. Now they're starting to get a little bit more involved in the play calling where the, 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 and this is what's happened with baseball, right? Where you started to see more and more of the analytics filtering into baseball lineup decisions. And now the coaches feel like I, I can't even, I mean, it's the movie's Moneyball. I mean, this is what happened, right? Where the coach was like demoralized because you know, the, he's that they're getting messages from the analytics team about what to do during the game. And he's like, this is not what I signed up for. That's what's happening in the NFL now. And I think that's what's going to happen first and foremost with Cleveland, where they could really open up the offense. And that's not necessarily bad for Chubb, right? You always think, oh, no, you want to be run first. No, no, no. You want to score touchdowns. Chubb's great value is these games where he scores three touchdowns. So what would you rather have? Would you rather have 80 yards and no touchdowns or 30 yards and three touchdowns? Right. Duh, right? And the analytics say also, that some of these plays inside the 20, that's when you're better off running. Interesting. Like they're like, oh, yes, definitely pass all the time. Pass, 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 pass. The analytics, they're so boring. It's just, you might as well just do a pass play. Right. It's so, a, well, actually, there's a few down and distance situations where the analytics say, no, no, no. Here, a run is actually equivalent, if not better. There's a few of those situations, especially inside the five, inside the 10. And, Chubb's going to be fine no matter what their system is. Chubb's going to be fine. Jerome Ford was an Alabama running back that just was impatient and he wanted to actually do something, right? He's sitting behind Najee Harris and all these guys. He's like, listen, I'm going to Cincinnati. And he had an amazing year at Cincinnati. He checked in with a great speed score at the combine. The Browns grab him with their analytics I mean, it was such an analytics pick, too. I was like, yeah, Jerome Ford is great. I thought Jerome Ford would go a little earlier because he was on a team that was in the college football playoffs. But all the running backs went a little bit later than we thought that last exactly, year. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and yet, the, the, still, because it was Cincinnati, they didn't respect him. He put up about 1,300 yards, 20 TDs, and 20-plus catches. And again, this is an Alabama recruit. And... We don't know where Kareem Hunt's going to end up. Kareem Hunt is in the wind. It's, it's a similar situation that we have in New England, where you have roster cloggers in New England, like a Kevin Harris, 
I really don't want to drop Kevin Harris. I really don't want to drop Pierre Strong. I'm more apt to drop uh, James Robinson, oh, yeah. right? James Robinson, flush, right? Mm-hmm. A guy like Jerome Ford, when you think about it, if he could be one of the uh, the key clear like backup running backs and one of the best offenses in the league with size speed pass catching ability that's a guy you you do not you do not want to drop and you might even drop a receiver that technically has a bit more value because you know that if you drop this running back it's going to haunt you like i don't i hate the fantasy regret factor yeah. I'm trying to avoid that. I'm trying to think through the scenarios where how can I f- will I regret dropping this guy? Yeah, there's there. I think as a as an overall strategy tip, there you, you highlighted something. Uh, you made me put a light bulb go off on me. I think is you want to keep RB threes, meaning running backs that are third on their depth chart, over wide receiver fours. And again, you know that could be a wide receiver three, a wide receiver. I think that's the general takeaway here. There are some exceptions, like you know Keyshawn Vaughn, for example. We've seen enough to like. I wouldn't keep him over someone like if Sterling Shepard's healthy. You know, you know who could. Well, give Keyshawn you- Vaughn's no longer on an offense that's exciting. So right. what's the big deal? I mean, the only reason you're excited about Rashad White is that we know he's a true three down player one of the few who has a, a stranglehold on a backfield with an all-purpose skill set and size. That's perfect, right? You want that guy. You love that guy. Keyshawn Vaughn's proven nothing, right? And, and even bad. if something were to happen and, and Rashad White misses games, well, then Keyshawn Vaughn's not going to be a primary back. He's just he's going to be one of those guys in the mix. Mm. Like, if the outcome is you're in the mix, that's not that exciting. If the outcome is like Jerome Ford, you're probably the guy. Then I would I would keep it, it. Then it's a conversation. Ford over Claypool. Ford over Gallup. Ford over Nico Collins. Ford over Terrace Marshall. Wow. Ford over Khalil Shakir. The Hodgins, Thielen. All these wide receivers that you're trying to talk yourself into a one more year of Thielen, I can get I can get some 12 point games from him. This guy, that guy, this guy, that guy. Where it's like, no, no. Uh, what about Zonovan Knight? Right, Zonovan Knight. That offense, he's not a clogger. Is going to take a, take a, is a step forward. Jo- Joshua Kelly, like all these guys. I'm all I'm doing is I'm looking at the player profiler dynasty rankings in the 15 to 20 lifetime value zone. And it's just all these guys that I've mentioned. They're the guys that I'm trying to load up on all the way down to the final guy. There is Keontae Ingram. Keontae Ingram is also he's right there, but the problem is it's not going to be a Kyler Murray under center for at least like what the first six weeks more, but James Connor is well past the age. He's post apex. He's had lower body injuries. He's taken a huge workload and a lot of punishment the last few years. Keontae Ingram, he's also interesting in that he was at Texas. And he's like, man, I can't beat out Roshan and, and Bijan. So I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going to, I, I want to go play football. And so he, he did that. And so he's interesting. He, he seems to have a clear path like Jerome Ford to that, to, you know, that, that clear backup role in Arizona. Now there's going to be, rookie running backs that come in and eviscerate these guys. 
right? But Keontae Ingram had three seasons, even going back at Texas where he wasn't the starter. He had he had years at Texas where he put up 20-plus catches. Three out of the four years, 20-plus catches, right? So he's an interesting guy. It was just the COVID year he didn't, right? So he's an interesting guy to, to, to monitor. I don't want to drop these kinds of guys. I want to try to find a way to keep them because things can break right with them. But the, the, the differentiator is going to be, if I'm deciding between them, I'd much rather have a Joshua Kelly, a Jerome Ford, a guy in an offense that can really be, I mean, if Austin Eckler gets traded, oh, what do you think is going to happen? Run the thought experiment, okay? James Conner misses games. These guys miss games. And then also, what's the likelihood this team is going to go running back? Well, with, with the Cardinals, it's actually not that high. They, they know this is a lost season. This isn't the season that you would think you're, oh, we're going to get a running back to, you know, he's, he's the missing piece. We're pro- they're probably pretty good at running back. I don't expect them to draft a running back until day three. Tampa, a mm, little more likely to go running back, but still they're back in rebuild mode. There's no incentive to go running back if you're in rebuild mode. So that's all the reason why a lot of these rookie running backs are not going to make it into day two. They are going to fall out and fall to day three. Remember, people love the scouts, loved Damian Pierce last year. He was, I mean, everyone that's senior bowl is like, oh my God, this Damian right. Pierce, what a strong runner, what a monster. Uh, he went fourth round. And he, there's going to be a couple of those guys. There's going to be a couple of guys that go on, on day one and two, like six, let's say six running backs that are really going to eviscerate the value of, of these guys. And, you know, probably the most uh, likely guy to get eviscerated and get bounced from his role is Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier is the guy that's like he's been holding his breath for the last month and like nothing's happening. He's just like all's quiet. All's quiet on the Western front. Like I don't hear any bullets. I don't hear anything happening. I can't effing that he's like touching his body. Yeah. Right. He's touching his chest. He's touching his his stomach, his arms. He's like, am I not hit anywhere? Right. Did this just happen? Unbelievable. It's like Pulp Fiction. Yeah. He was like, holy shit. Did none of those bullets hit me? Yeah, he wants like a Melvin Gordon, old Dusty signing oh. there. Just something to a meat shield to come in. Yeah, yeah the guy that the, the the all meat shield team's got to be like what Dante Foreman, Rashad Penny, right? Single, all those guys, Singletary, Singletary, all, the, all those guys, great for the the incumbent backs because just a little disincentivizes existing the teams that they have to to go running back, especially in day two. That's the danger is the day two running back. Uh, so that's my that's my general rule of thumb. Uh, I mean, all the way out to I, I guess also Chase Edmonds has taken over the the second spot in that Tampa depth chart. So I don't even consider no, uh, yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn a factor at all. Well, he's that's gone. he's being he's I'm looking at his roster percentage in 30 deep leagues and in sleeper, and it's it's like well over 50 percent. <laughs> and it's it's because people spent like pick 111 on them and then their rookie draft. So in startups. He's he's not you know you're not going to feel as attached to him because you got him in the twenty third round twenty seventh round, but if you drafted him and I think that that's really what this exercise is about is knowing when even if you picked a guy at a at rookie pick one eleven sometimes it's okay to flush because I'm sure you picked Elijah Mitchell at three point three at two point eight you know that's you, you do hit on those type of guys so I just think that this podcast this exercise in giving people permission who to flush 
is a therapeutic and useful exercise. Now, you mentioned also Kareem Hunt. He's a free agent. I think Jerome Ford is the locked-in number two at this point. I mean, mean, that's it. Yeah. I mean, if the Browns draft someone, I won't – I mean, that's their third running back. I think this was the plan all along. They knew Hunt was going to be a free agent. They knew they probably weren't going to re-sign him. Although now that nobody's come knocking, they could, you know? So there's still a few guys out there that I think are meat shield plus Zeke. Um, oh, yeah. Zeke is more than, yeah. Yeah. Fournette. Mixon potentially being cast cut off in, in free to sign anywhere. Those type of guys. Yeah. So the, 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 there's some interesting guys like, say, Danny Gray got drafted in the third round. But all the third round picks by San Francisco flame out. Yeah, the receiver on San Francisco, let's be clear. Just because yeah, Danny, Danny Gray, Gray, receiver, San Francisco. He had seven targets last year. Yeah. Okay, so I know you're going to like, oh, this guy has a 4-3-3. This guy's interesting. He's comparable to John Hightower on Player Profiler. He's not actually anything other than a just a, a straight-line field stretcher. You know, He may give you like a Quez Watkins outcome. What are you doing? That's a great – he's the like definition. What, what are you doing? Like, if if that rookie year is that bad, it's kind of like the Keyshawn Vaughn rule. Like, the rookie year is so bad, the probability that guy ever does anything, walk away. The guys that you got to watch out for are the guys like, say, a Tim Patrick mm. who are undrafted, and then they, they ultimately show something, and then they – so I'm not – like, Ashton Doolin – he took a step forward last year. He was making plays all throughout training camp and even in the games, got hurt. They dumped all the receivers except Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman. So now Ashton Doolin is competing with McKenzie as the number three. It'll be McKenzie because it's a slot guy. And he and Pierce, Doolin and Pierce, play the same position. That's a guy I'm less likely to drop than a lot of these, a lot of these other guys. Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Tutu Atwell, Greg Dortch. They're all they're all just gone. And like, you know, you can come to Jesus on some of these guys too, like Clyde Edwards Hilaire. It's not yeah. happening in the league for this guy. So you would buy. You would clip him, say, uh, for Jerome Ford. You'd rather have Ford over a, a oh, CH? big time. But yeah, most of the yeah, and and, and oh pff, in a heartbeat. Yeah. And a lot of these guys, like guys we liked. I liked LaVisca Chenault, but it's not happening. Mm. Okay, it's not happening. He's not the number one, not that he's now the number four gadget receiver on a bad offense and he's 24 years old he's going to be heading into his second contract which is going to be a prove it deal after a team already walked away so did a team trade a player during the rookie deal yes hmm. there's only one guy i can think of off the top of my head where that happened and, and we're, we're still having you know a relative amount of faith and that's only because of the allure of the chief's offense and that's Kadarius tony right but Kadarius Tony is going to be a roster clogger sooner rather than later. He's destined for roster clogger status. But on that team, Marquez Valdez Scantling, what is he giving you? Right? He, he you had the situation where he had no competition on the outside last year, seven point two fantasy points per game. He's not giving you anything. You're not getting anything from these guys. Allen Robinson, it's over. Like the the the, the betting on a career renaissance. Mm is is silly now we hear that like michael thomas is still not healthy like roster you know that's that's a roster clogger what do you think is going to happen with mac collins you really think that he's gonna as the number three option in the passing game in a low volume offense that runs first and has what sub 
bottom five quarterback play. You you really think that guy is going to help you? Like, close your eyes, run the thought experiment. How and where and when does Mac Hollins help me? Right. Win a, and- win a fantasy matchup, right? <laughs> Michael Thomas, how, when, where? Like, I'm keeping Kevin Harris. I'm keeping Zonovan Knight. I'm keeping Keontae Ingram over Michael Thomas. Do you understand that? Yeah, it's we, a hope and a prayer. Yep. Whereas it's real. Like if Ramondre Stevenson misses games, Kevin Harris is going to be a guy that everyone's playing in DFS. Running lean and mean at wide receiver is a good dynasty startup strategy uh, where you know if you get three or four early wide receivers that even if they have down weeks, you're not worried about benching them. Someone like what we thought about, you brought up MVS last year. The idea was, oh, I'm going to get some boom weeks, but those boom weeks are definitely going to be on your bench, right? I mean, better in best ball. Here comes the cliche, right? I mean, we talk about it on the Sonic Truth podcast all the time that you're not going to be able to start those guys, so you draft them in best ball. Now, there's three guys, four guys. I'll give you four receivers, which are the cutoff, okay? That you would keep. Keep. Okay. I still am keeping Curtis Samuel. Okay. okay. He's 26, 10 fantasy points per game. Very versatile. And they went first round receiver last year. They're, they're undoubtedly going to find more better quarterback play this year. He, he, he had some big weeks, right? And he also can take carries jet sweeps. He can help you. He can score a touchdown from the five yard line as a running back. He's DJ Moore. There's a lot of interesting things about him. He's not DJ Moore, but he's he's like he's a, he's a fun guy, like a Paris Campbell type player. That's cool, right? Odell Beckham, he could land somewhere. He could land with the Jets. He could land in some different places, which they're, are fun. They're saying it's likely now. The latest note to, uh, on the day of this uh, recording that he is likely to land with the Jets. That's right. That's right. And this is all, by the way, shot across the bow to Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is is highly sought after, coveted in Dynasty. Wide receiver five, I think. Right. Uh, but, I mean, if you think that he's going to outscore Chris Olave this year, you know, I, I get some, uh, you know, some beachfront property in the and mountains br- to sell you. A, a bridge to sell you, right? That's the old, an, another, you know, added old adage that's true, right? The, what's the difference? And I think that that's the case for going running back in your Dynasty startups, where, where why not take you know, your favorite RB three or two at that point and pass on Garrett Wilson. So Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, whoever, even Christian McCaffrey, if you still believe he's got a few good years left because a round later you can get Chris Olave. And I think there's that monster tier after Jefferson Chase and even CeeDee Lamb where you have about 10 or 12 receivers that could all outscore each other and, and put them in the snow globe, shake them up. You don't know how it's going to come out. Yeah, at the end of the season. All, all could have monster seasons. Two more, two more sort of uh, guys you can't drop. Alec Pierce, you can't drop. I'm not an Alec Pierce believer. I think he was overdrafted, but he did get second round draft capital. He did start a bunch of games. He does make plays down the field. They did hollow out the wide receiver core. So just based on that alone and the fact that if it's Gardner Minshew is underrated, so you have an underrated yeah. quarterback, it, he's interesting. The team's going to be playing from behind a lot. He's going to have weeks. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, just because they're bringing in Elijah Moore. Remember, Elijah Moore was traded for just like a, a basic exchange, right? 
of a third. You give me your third, I'll give you a second, right? And and you give me a, a premium wide receiver prospect, early second round pick who checked a lot of boxes: size, speed, production, dominant college receiver in the SEC, great you know, sort of level of competition where he proved himself. And then before that, he was with teammates like DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. So that's that's Elijah Moore's background. Love Elijah Moore. He gets a bump going to the Browns. There's no doubt that Deshaun Watson's going to be better this year with a full off season and just uh, less of a uh, you know a sort of a the weight of the expectations and the animosity weighing on him. Peoples Jones was he was right there in terms of production with a you know a Curtis Samuel. Let Elijah Moore prove that he's Elijah Moore by holding on to Donovan Peoples Jones. And we know that they're going to crank up that offense for all the same reasons. I want Jerome Ford, go back to Donovan Peoples Jones, make sure you roster him. Don't trade like David and Joku. There's a ton of upside there in Cleveland, big year coming for Chubb, big year coming for Amari Cooper. Just get your Browns in the door. Yeah. We, and we Donovan Peoples Jones should not be dropped. And he's a guy in like the FFPC where, if someone's going to drop them, then they're going to eventually circle the drain and, and accept like a sixth rounder. You do that trade all day. You trade yeah. your fourth, fifth, sixth rounder for a Donovan Peoples Jones of the FFPC. Explain. Well, I'm going to explain why again. The FFPC is a format that we love to play, but you only keep 16 players, and you have to keep a kicker or defense. You know, obviously, you're going to keep a quarterback or two, even a single quarterback. So it's more of a glorified keeper league. So in some of these 30 deep leagues, of course, we're going to hold DPJ. We like that uh, on the Sonic Truth podcast. We talked about how DPJ and Elijah Moore do different things. They both could be fantasy relevant. And we know Amari Cooper is not always had a full healthy seasons. He, he misses games. So I like that, but I, I put together, I'm just going to lightning around a couple lists in some of these deeper leagues. And you tell me if these are easy clips um, off your roster to make room for, you know, to say a fifth round rookie picks or six round ro- rookie picks in the real NFL jet draft. A couple of these are going to hit close to home pod father. So Amir Smith, Marset, Julius Chestnut, are you holding on Snoop Connor? Are you holding on the guys like that in 30 Chestnut, Chestnuts in that he's, he's basically the last of the last, right? He's running. The, he's, he's the, yeah, he's the final guy that I would say, if you can possibly hold on to this guy, hold on to him, hold on to him tight. Ty Chandler's the other one. Yeah. Right. Explain so Ty why. Chandler like and they're very similar in that. Well, Ty Chandler's a little more of a slasher. Ty Chandler's got a little more Tevin Coleman in him where Julius Chestnut's got a little more, you know, a, you know, big grinder, a little more like a, you know, Brian Robinson type of game, right? Both, both can put up 10 plus fantasy points per game easily. Derek Henry is not going to be with Tennessee for very long. And if they decide to rebuild, if they decide to trade up for a, a rookie quarterback, if they decide to try to turn this roster over, Henry's gone. He's not there for longer than a year. Mm. And every step of the way, Chestnut outplayed Haskins. Haskins only has day three capital. Once you get outplayed by an undrafted guy, you get that one year. You get that one year. And remember, all these running backs from Chestnut to Jerome Ford, all these guys, Ty Chandler, they're struggling to get reps in practice. 
in their rookie year, they have rookie camp. They've got to, they've got to be lightning in a bottle and rookie camp. But if they're a day three pick, it's a struggle. It's also the NFL coming from college. It's a huge leap forward. It's very few Saquon Barkley's that can make that leap seamlessly. It's that second year where you want to see a healthy Kevin Harris pass that back injury. You want to see a, 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 a Ty Chandler or Jerome Ford, see what they can do in that second year. That's why I'm so hopeful for Rashad White. And whatever you saw last year from Rashad White, that was, in a, that was, a, that was an NFL rookie. He's only going to get a lot better. He's going to take a big leap this year. A lot of these guys, you can schedule a nice little leap. And I'm talking about a leap like in practice. I'm talking about a leap in training camp. I'm talking about getting on the coach's radar, getting the trust of the quarterback, where, okay, now you're the second one through drills. Right? That's where Julius Chestnut is headed. That's where Ty Chandler's headed because we don't know if Dalvin Cook's going to be a Viking this right. year. So why wouldn't up. you get out ahead of it? Certainly everyone's already, like, the savvy dynasty gamers are already hoarding all the Alexander Madison. You can't trade for him. Go try to trade for Alexander Madison, see what happens. You can try to trade and successfully sometimes pick him up off waivers, just Ty Chandler, who's right there. He's fast. He was behind top flight running backs in college, Michael Carter and Javante Williams had that one year transferred in went nuts, right? Went nuts. Didn't catch a lot of passes. Neither did chestnut. Neither did a bunch of these guys. Neither did Kenneth Walker, but you know, the film analysis from the combine it says Chandler can catch passes. He's more than adequate. Same with Kenneth Walker. So you you run that analysis. Chestnut. No chestnuts, not a pass catcher. So, but he is a dynamic tackle breaker. Yeah. He is interesting. Very interesting guy. Hassan Haskins is cut. You're cutting Hassan Haskins. Get him out of there. Right? He's been outplayed. We talk about this. Fourth, fifth, sixth rounder. Outplayed by the undrafted guy as a rookie. Massive red flag and justification to cut. Yep. We're going to pause right here, but when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the quarterbacks and also if Isaiah Spiller, the Chargers running back, is going to get a chance next year or if it's time to flush him. We'll be back. We Uh, just talked about this. Stick with us through the break. We just said that he got outplayed by Joshua Kelly. We'll be right back. This is the example. Come on. Let me pay some bills here, Potfather. We have to spoon feed this? All right. We'll be back right after this. Stick with us. Teach him how to fish, Alan. The fantasy football season never stops at Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy football. Right now, you can draft an Underdog's Little Board Tournament. The big board already sold out, but for $3 entry, you can go in and play the Little Board. Think you know which incoming rookies will burst onto the scene in 2023? If so, now's your chance to draft them at a value. All you have to do is join the Little Board and draft your fantasy team. That's it. In best ball, there's no waivers, no trades, and you get the best scores in your starting lineup each week of the season. And whoever has the highest score at the end of the season wins it all. Just head to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, Google Play Store, sign up with promo code RWNFL, and not only will you get your first deposit doubled up to 100 bucks, we'll also give you a six-month subscription to everything Rotowire has to offer for free. That's underdog promo code RWNFL. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. I'm Alan Sislowski of rotowire.com along with the pod father. And we're talking about roster cloggers on the rotowire dynasty fantasy football podcast brought to you by underdog fantasy pod father. When we last left, I got you very Corey ab- Davis cut Devonte Parker cut. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. The, yeah. The wide receivers. I think we covered that the wide receiver Nico we'll Hardman f- cut. That was, he was on my list to ask you about, but here I want to talk about the quarterbacks and Superflex because quarterbacks i mean you can't trade for them unless you're willing to overpay for you know a, a seriously de- like a ryan Tannehill. you'd have to probably in a super flex league get pick 111 or 112 to even think get someone like Tannehill who is severely whose value has been depressed so i want to ask you about specifically those dynasty managers in super flex leagues that are hoarding tom brady i'm telling people may it may not be time to flush him yet until we know that san francisco is not going to sign him even if it's a one percent chance are you flushing Brady or hold for now? No, I got to hold him. You know, again, close your eyes. What could happen? Could you feel significant regret? Could something happen that rips your face off? Right? Is anything going to happen with Corey Davis to rip your face off? No. No. Is anything going to happen with Devontae Parker that's going to rip your face off? No. Yeah. But uh, Tom Brady, absolutely. Like Mitchell Trubisky, goodbye. Matt also Corral. Goodbye. Goodbye. These guys are gone. Bailey Zappi, Mike White. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Wait a second here. There was a note that came out today, and we were recording this podcast in the in the first day of April, almost, and it said that Mac Jones is not a lock to be the starting quarterback per Bill Belichick. He says, I'm not – he didn't commit to anyone. So, coach speak or Bailey Zappi, hold on, wait a minute here. I'm not c- cutting you just yet. Bye-bye. <laughs> So you, what is that note that came out? Like, why do you give that note? The probability that a guy that's that, like my daughter had an awesome take. She's like, really Bailey Zappi? Really? Cause she's a Patriots fan and she knows Mac Jones is good. She has player profilers. She's like, this is, this is such a smoke and mirrors move by Belichick. She's like, really Bailey? And this is while he was like completing passes. Like he was throwing a touchdown to Devonte Parker and she was rolling her eyes. This is a good take. Actually, this was amazing. And she's like, oh, this is just going to extend this zapping, you know, for the, for another week or two until we get real. 
right? And I was like, thank you. Well said. You're teaching them well. So who were the backup quarterbacks? I mean, Case Keenum, he's in Houston now, right? I mean, what if they do that thing where they draft Bryce Young, and but Case oh, Keenum gets God. two or three starts? Right? I'm having trouble cutting some of these guys in leagues where I had Tom Brady and my QB2, there is no QB2, right? I mean, I have like you know, the old guys. I have in, in a specific league I'm in, I have Kirk Cousins, Stafford, and Brady, and then I have a whole bunch of guys that could get one or two starts i'm having you know you, you can't win without that second quarterback because a bad week from case keenum on houston is like 14 points you got gonna... dorian thompson robinson you got a bunch of these guys coming into the league explain who he is he's the ucla quarterback who's yes, mobile, you've got good tyson badgett is actually awesome from who's shepherd tyson? yeah who's tyson Ty- badgett was awesome they they treat they were trying to recruit him to west virginia he would have been epic at west virginia he had one of the greatest college seasons of all time at Sargent. He was Shepherd or Sergeant. What is that? Called he was that? great at the senior bowl. He's best comparable to uh, Taylor Heineke. Okay. He had a like back to back to back 4,000 yard seasons. He had a 5,000 yard season. The, the, he, had a, he had a 53 touchdowns, 41 to eight touchdown interception ratio. And he was the best quarterback at the senior bowl. So he's going to go somewhere. There's a bunch of these guys like the next zappy, like, you know, is, is, is going to be drafted. There's actually a handful of these guys, which are interesting. Jake Hayner from uh, Fresno state. These guys are going to land like Tanner McKee from Stanford. They're all going to land and they're going to threaten all these jobs that you're talking about. All right. Stetson Bennett. They're going to, they're going to threaten all these jobs. So even it, Hooker, it, you, you got to remember, well, Hooker is another. Yeah, Hooker's definitely going to be, you know, he's probably a day two pick. Right. But he, that's still a backup job that someone else. Or right, like, all the way down to like Max Duggan, like those guys are going to challenge these backup jobs and they're going to muddle the muddle the situations up for all these guys you're talking about. I think that you don't overthink it. Dalton is definitely a guy you want. Right. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton on Carolina. You want him. He's he's, you know, set up to at least start a few games, depending on who they draft. Right. So I would hold on to Dalton and see what happens. And other than that, I just think you 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 see what happens with Dalton, you see what happens with Brady. But the rest of these guys, they're backup quarterbacks. How about you know, if, like Marcus Mariota? I mean, yeah, it's a flush. It, it's 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 gone. It's over. It's Jacob- over, dude. Jacoby Brissett, who's going to be competing for snaps with Sam Howell. I know they want Sam Howell to happen, but this coaching staff. Oh no, watching- no, 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 no! That's another class. That's like I would rather have Brissett than Brady. Right. Oh yeah, Brissett is. I think has the inside track. I mean, Sam Howell. They want it to be Sam Howell. They certainly wanted to be. You can't drop Jacoby Brissett. Like he, he's in line. That's one of the reasons I like Curtis Samuel. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I like Terry McLaurin. Is the idea that that Sam Howell has to outplay Jacoby Brissett. They are, like I said, they're going to get better quarterback play in Washington this year because of Howell and Brissett. Right. It just seems like one of those situations where the coaching staff is absolutely on the hot seat. They were on the hot seat last year. And they're going to play the player who gives them the best chance to win in their mind. And that feels like Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, they and want th- it to be Howell. I'm sure he's going to have a chance. And then if he's good, that's great. We can all celebrate. Fine. Good stuff. Right. 
But it cool. seems like Howell could be the guy where if Jacoby Brissett is off to a slow store, a start, two and four, three and five, then they get that get out of jail free card by saying, hey, wait a second, we drafted Howell, give us another chance starting from scratch. And then if Howell goes four and two, then they get new life. It's the classic coach. Classic. It's, coach. Cla- it's so classic, so classic. I mean, the best non-starter to invest in at this point is probably Sam Darnold. Yes, I good mean, one. Sam Darnold's the guy I'm I'm circling. It's it's Darnold and Brissett are both very, very, very interesting. Darnold's actually a little bit more interesting, but why are they interesting, right? Why are they so much more interesting than, say, Andy Dalton? Because of the offenses, okay? You've not only got those three receivers in Washington, you've got Antonio Gibson. So any quarterback that can play well, has 20 plus point upside any given week with those weapons. Now imagine the best weapons in all of the NFL. Imagine a guy that has top five draft capital, a guy that all the scouts were loving, right? And, and, and still those scouting reports are still circulating. That's why he's in San Francisco is because, you know, Shanahan remembers these scouting reports and the arm strength is real. Darnold played well last year, actually. Um, with a you know a reasonable offensive line. It's, it's, it's a funny thing. You get protected. Like he wasn't protected in New York, wasn't protected his first year in Carolina. They go and they invest in the offensive line in the draft. Carolina now increases the time to throw. And guess what happens? Sam Sam Darnold's a little bit more a little bit more effective. Shocking how that works. Yeah. Alan. Almost shocking. It's shocking how <laughs> drafting Penny Sewell over you know Jalen Waddle was the right move over Kyle Pitts was the right move all along, which is what I was saying and just pulling my hair out, screaming uh, that you, how do you let Sewell fall to the lions there? Ridiculous. But that's why. So now, you know, the 49ers, they have probably a a top 10 offensive line. So they're going to protect him. They're going to put him in situations where he can make one or two reads and then he throws it. And it's just, it's such a perfect best yak receivers in the league. So that's, that's what you want to look for. I'm not that interested in Bailey Zappi. Who the hell is he throwing to? Right? Get out of here. I'd rather take a shot on a Howell or a Brissett or a Darnold and hope for the best. Because if, if they end up at the helm of that offense, oh, baby. Can I make an observation? Because you host so many podcasts and you, you know, you're, you're hyper proficient about being prepared and show sheet and taking care of the production. You, you, uh, you do well as a passenger. You look very relaxed right now. You're, you're, you're spewing out your best stuff uh, without any effort. It's great. Does it feel nice to be a guest in, in your nice relaxed environment right here? Yeah, I do. I feel very relaxed. It is funny. Uh, initially when I started podcasting, I was more comfortable when I was hosting Yeah, and I was nervous to go on other shows. So when on the show uh, hosted by Ross Tucker, the Ross Tucker podcast, mm-hmm. and that was my first big like exposure anywhere. And I got a bunch of followers from that. A bunch of people listened to the podcast from that. So that was cool. But I was nervous as hell for that. <laughs> like I was nervous. Now I don't get nervous. Like I don't I don't feel anything. Right. Like I go I can go on big radio programs and I just don't feel anything right it's so weird but when i host when i host and i have a show sheet and i have to run the graphics 
and I've got to do the sound effects. I'm like a little elevated in terms of my anxiety just because I know that the production value is really on me here. I don't fucking care. <laughs> right. I mean, I know that you got it, dude. And I could just sit back and, 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 and talk about how a guy like Sam Darnold, I didn't even like now. Yep. I kind of like, well, this suits you. That's really what I was saying is that, I like, the, I mean, I, you know, I love your podcast and I love, you know, uh, moderating the Sonic Truth podcast, but I like this version of you where you just sit back, you trust me to bring you to where you got to go to give you the space you need and, and just do what you love to do. This is, wouldn't it be great if you could just walk in and you'd have to do all of that other stuff. And that's, you know, I mean, obviously you're running a business and when it's your own, you have to take extra special care of it. But I, I like this version of you. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. Who's going to like you as a host? <laughs> I think you're a great host. I think you're a great. I mean, I mean, you host the Sonic Truth show with us, Sonic Truth podcast on your podcatchers, and Alan is is a great host. Still developing a feel though for when to get out of topics. Well, I'll tell you what that is. That's that's the three man booth I'm getting used to. It's not that I can weave you in and out of topics a lot more um, with sharp angles and, and quickly. And well, sometimes you elbow in and you're, you're too fast. And I'm like, whoa, 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 Alan, I still have a whole thread to talk about here now. So you've actually done you've done it wrong two different ways. Yeah, you've been wrong in trying to pull us out of topics where there was more to talk about. And we found ourselves, you know, sticking in the mud, going over like, you know, the 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 seventh choice that 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 Theo is making for cuts and it's like okay alan can we go to another thing i i and i've learned a lesson from each one of those things and i'm always striving to become a better host and moderator but the three-person booth which i i'm i love working with both you and theo this has been a great experience but it's also it's going from driving a you know a, an suv to driving an 18 wheeler you know there's a little bit more nuance and and brakes and gear shifts and just things Yo, getting I have into to the ad breaks you're great Oh yeah, no. I just meant like there's yeah, more. No, there's things. certain things you're you're really good at, and yeah. it's it's an underrated skill. Yeah, I appreciate. And we do this. We do the show on. Uh, we did the show on then uh, Sirius XM. Yeah, well, and we'll we'll do all those plugs. Right, you know, Podfather and I we're going to be doing more Dynasty Hour shows. And if you have Sirius XM, we do uh, evergreen content. Just type in the Dynasty Hour on Sirius XM app. But I, I just want to go ahead. You got something else? Because I have a. Um, oh, that's, it. that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And I want to, we're going to, you know, everyone should be going over to player profiler. Um, you know, I always believe that dynasty content, you, you should at least have three or four different sites you pay for. That's how I became a good dynasty player, not just by locking on a one, but trying a few. So if you, you're a Rotowire subscriber and you're in your, one of our premium members, I absolutely recommend you check out player profiler. I mean, I I'm a member, you know, I've been for a long time. And there's a bunch of others, you know, I subscribe to ETR, I, you know, uh, just if you want to get a bunch of different opinions and that's the dynasty players, fantasy football players, pod fathers, the, I make the joke that the only ones that'll spend a hundred dollars to make 80, right? <laughs> They're masochists. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they, we really, want... they love pain, man. The one thing I will say about dynasty leaguers that, that absolutely astounds me is their willingness to take on risk. When there's a clear and obvious home run pick, and the Kyle Pitts scenario was peak. Yeah. And let peak. me explain what you're talking about. You're talking peak. about this take- was peak. This was, I'm going to hope and pray for an unprecedented outcome, something we've never seen before, 
just because this guy was drafted higher than any other tight end, I'm going to project something that has never happened to happen with this particular tight end being this good this early in his career. In lieu of, and this is a thing that happened. This is a thing that happened. In lieu of Jamar Chase, one of the best wide receiver prospects of my time in this business, and Travis Etienne, one of the best running back prospects in my time in this business. And that's not even talking about Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, on down the list. Players where there was a clear precedent that you get drafted here with this background, you know, won the Heisman or this and that. There's a real good chance you're going to deliver 15 fantasy points a game at some point, and you're going to be an every week starter. And this is a valuable piece for Dynasty. You're not lighting this capital on fire. And you see this in startups too, where the the risk is so high on some of these guys. And yet you see these dynasty gamers running headlong into risk, especially in the early rounds. I'm fine burning picks on high risk upside players like a Donovan Peoples Jones late in a startup. But when you start to see these projection players go super early, it's crazy. Like the guy that I would take, who is, I think at this point, still a projection the earliest would be Rashad Bateman. But fortunately, Rashad Bateman is not that expensive. You don't have to pay top five round capital for Rashad Bateman in a startup, maybe in a single quarterback. I might consider it. it just depends on my roster. But there's a lot of situations where I'm passing on Rashad Bateman there because I'm just like, you know what? As much as I believe in this guy, he's fast Keenan Allen. It's still a projection. The quarterback is uncertain. His health is uncertain. His ability is still uncertain, even though we're pretty sure he's awesome. There's, it's, I haven't seen it yet. There's all these things. It's like, as much as I love this guy, I'm going to go ahead and hit the pause button, if that's okay, if you don't mind. Like these, You have these guys for their career, where it's like the gravity of that is not yet fully sunk in, where it's like they're still drafting like it's a seasonal league. Like Chase upside all day in seasonal leagues. Please, yeah. by all means. Go get your upside, people. But the the Kyle Pitts scenario was so mind-boggling because you had dynasty analysts, a lot of them, this is a true story, that had Kyle Pitts as their first player overall, even in Superflex over Trevor Lawrence. This was this happened. You, it sounds crazy. No, no, You're like, this is a goddamn tight end. There's no way. There's just no way. We, we, how many tight ends have we seen drafted in the first round? And like his, his peak first year outcome is like Jeremy Shockey, right? And it's like, do you want, maybe he's Jeremy Shockey, maybe he's TJ Hawkinson, maybe he's a little bit better than those guys. And what? And what? And what? Yeah. Right? It's- what are we talking about here? Not to mention, not to mention that all these tight ends that are you have, if someone has Kelsey, if someone has Kittle, Nine times out of ten, they didn't draft him. 
Well, here's the per- here's the reason why is because not only one team has Kelsey, only one team has Kittle, only one team has Mark Andrews. So you've been living in a dynasty league hell, the t- tight end hell for five years. You throw out David and Joku, you burned your first round pick on them. You you've cycled through Evan Ingram, all these guys. You've paid overpaid, and you're like, finally, I'm going to have the position solved. And what I got, that's why he went because people saw, you know, they they saw the upside and forgot about the risk factor where. It's okay because nine other people in your league have the same problem. So, yes, the Kelsey guy has an advantage, but most weeks you're going against a guy that's rolling out tight end 13 on you, or he's rolling out, you know, an 11 point tight end. So, it's okay. And I think that, that was a big lesson learned. I have a light. Realize what kind of heat we took when we had Pitts rated as the number 10 prospect in Superflex that year. It was 10. You had him that low. <laughs> I can see why. Well, you think can- about it. <laughs> You had Fields, you had Lawrence, you had Harris, ETN, all these guys. Did you have Wilson? You had up- to have Lance up there. Yeah. Wilson? Did you have Zach Wilson ahead of him? I think that's where the cutoff was. I think we yeah. probably had, I don't know. Jalen Waddle. We probably, I think we had Mac Jones ahead of him. Yeah. And yeah. guess who has more value right now or about equivalent value to Mac Jones right now in yeah. Superflex? Freaking Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Pitts will go earlier in drafts, but you're right. Like when you talk about, let's, let's see how many fantasy points they score and who positionally. Well, no, in super flex and two QB people know that Mac Jones is a good pick. Yep. Yeah. No, very interesting. It was, it was just crazy. And I was like, listen, I know we look crazy because you're, you have people posting this guy up as the number one player in rookie drafts. Please just take a step back and, Please try to understand how historically whack that is. A um, couple lightning round questions because I don't want to keep you past the hour here. So, lightning round questions in, in so Podfather, just give your one line explanation. If you need to give it a little bit more analysis, that's fine. But uh, we're going to try to do five lightning round questions in in a few minutes here. In redraft, Cooper Cup or Tyreek Hill? It's an impossible decision, but there is, you're on the clock. Just again, this is a personal preference. There's no wrong answer here. Oh, Cooper cup. Any particular one line reason? Players that rely on speed as they age, they just age a little bit faster. This is a redraft question, by the way. I know cups coming off an injury. I understand, but the quality of the offense isn't as as important to the number one receiver, right? So where you get into trouble is when you overrate the second receiver on on a on a mid level to bad offense or the running back, right? They they get punished, like they get less touchdowns, the fewer targets, all those things. If you're the number one, you're insulated from that. Okay, so that's good. That's the way. That, so I think that. We know Cup is an absolute monster off the field. He's going to get his body perfect. He's going to be the center of gravity of that passing game. Matthew Stafford is coming back. They're definitely going to be better as an offense. Tyreek Hill is going to be 30. He's a guy that relies on speed primarily. He doesn't have necessarily that like Steve Smith body. He's not quite that rocked up, doesn't have that sort of uh, center of gravity and strength. 
uh, and just thickness to, to withstand the punishment. Maybe Tyreek Hill turns his body. And I mean, Steve Smith was Tyreek Hill many years ago at Utah, right? If Tyreek Hill can maybe turn his body into more of a Steve Smith body over the next couple of years with his strength and conditioning and his diet and everything else, he can extend his time in the league. Yep. But it's, you got to remember these guys, they, I mean, I'm not saying he's Deshaun Jackson. He's not, he's way more durable than Deshaun Jackson, but the, the clock speeds up on these, on these speed guys post apex. Yeah. So I want to just ask in the chat, uh, have they become a member of player profiler and rotowire? I told him I gave him the link for rotowire.com forward slash try two day free trial. Just put in your email and for player profiler, just go there, click sign up. There's a few packages. If you're a dynasty player, there's a dynasty package. There's a redraft package or there's an all access package. So yeah, it uh, says go premium, just go yeah. premium. That's yeah, the way to right do it. There. Yeah, that's, just, that's, yeah. that's what you want to do. It, it's, there's no way you will be unhappy with that package. I mean, that's the one I have. I've always had been a long time member. The draft uh, gets coming out for seasonal leagues. We're going to have uh, all these different cheat sheets now. Cause we have a bunch of high stakes guys uh, on the payroll, like Billy Muzio and Theo Greminger. They're, they're very active uh, with, you know, on our podcast and, and writing articles and they're actually going to have their own cheat sheets in our, in our draft kit. We're going to have some, some enhancements to that as well. Uh, but we also have the dynasty rankings, the whole dynasty package. That's part of the all in subscription. And then our data analysis tool is being revamped. So we're, you know, next week we're rolling out data analysis 2.0 to pull stats and export and, and do all this cool stuff with our, with the, you know, literally hundreds of advanced stats and metrics on the site. So yeah, it's, uh, in the all in package also includes our dynasty dominator and the DFS dominator. So there's just a bunch of things that, that, it, it it it's it's pretty all inclusive, but I think the starting point for a lot of people is the dynasty package. Yeah, yep. And it's it's a utility for me at this point. It's like Netflix in my house. I just I'm I'm paying the the monthly fee. I buy the the annual, so it's just it's something you want to have. So and then the same thing for Rotowire. Just go to rotowire.com forward slash try. Put in your email, no credit card or anything like that. Sample it for two days, and if you don't like it, nothing happens. It just lapses after two days. So you have all access to the site. Um couple more lightning round questions and I'll get you out of here in under three minutes is who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Cause that has super flex implications. You said Kyler Murray is not going to be available for six weeks. I think it's going to be two months at least and 10 weeks until he's himself. Uh, Colt McCoy is banged up. I mean, is Trace McSorley going to be under center week one, or is it going to be Carson Wentz? I mean, who's unsigned. Who do you predict? Like, how do we, that, there's going to be value in whoever the quarterback is. Yeah, whoever it is, whoever it is. I think it's McCoy, right? It's got to be well, McCoy he, right he's now. He's hurt right now too. He had surgery after the season was over. There's no, he's not a lock to be the starter. 37 years old. He's no um, good either. Right. <laughs> he's 37. He's Colt McCoy. What are we talking about here? So McSorley, did you see anything from him? Is he worth grabbing in a startup or off sure. the wing? Sure. Why not? He's a starter, potential starter. You know, yeah. throw to Rondale Moore, Marquise Brown. Weapons aren't as bad as some other teams. So, is Tyler Huntley, who's a free agent right now, is he a roster clogger? Huntley could be interesting if he goes to Arizona. Yeah. yeah. So pick him. So he, you're not flushing him. In I am. Oh, I am. Yeah. I mean, dude, come on, come on, man. I would rather do a deal to go get a Darnold or if they're not available, a Garoppolo, I'd rather do some little basic deal to get someone I know is probably going to start most of the year. You could pick up like a, even a, I'd rather have Taylor Heineke. There's right. a bunch of guys I'd rather have. And, you know, I just also, I don't find myself in this position. 
that's another thing. Like, you don't want to be in this position. Do you realize what how terrible this conversation is? Do I pick up McSorley? Jesus Christ. Superflex leagues. If you're in that situation, you've mismanaged your team. What are you doing? Right? So I was in a dispersal draft. So funny story happened. I was in a Nate list. My, the former host of the, the, your, your, the, the, who you replaced had a dynasty league with 16 teams. And Nate decided to abandon his team. He, he went win now. And then he lost last year. So then he was like, you know, I'm out. And I was like, oh, interesting. So I'm in an, I'm in a, an, an, a league named after you when you're not playing in it. Was an explanation offered about that, by the way? No, no. He just right. ghosted the league. Bye-bye. And, you know, I built a roster from the ground up where I was like, okay, year one, I'm not going to make the playoffs. Year two, I'm going to make the playoffs and I'm going to go for it. I, you know, I, I, I think I got unlucky last year. Javante Williams, you know, there's some problems, right? So this year, team is totally stacked. It's ready to win. Game on, right? And, you know, a little, 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 you know, little, little weak at, at quarterback, right? But still had uh, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Jimmy Garoppolo. Could have drafted a quarterback. I have the 101. I got in trade from one of the guys that bailed in the league, I'm sure, right? So then I'm like, well, you know who I could pick? I, instead of, you know, there, there was an allure of like, oh, J.K. Dobbins, right? Someone like that. This is exciting. You know what? I just went Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He was in the dispersal draft. And I'm like, I I could absolutely probably get similar production from Mac Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo, but I'm not here to take these kinds of chances. Right. I'm not here to you could either in Superflex, you can maximize your week one roster, or you can opt to not be an idiot. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna not be an idiot here. And I'm not going to take unnecessary risk, which is what dynasty leaguers do all the time. I'm just going to make sure that I'm, I'm safe at the quarterback position. I can withstand a couple injuries and we'll see what happens as opposed to going after the more alluring uh, player that, that was available, right? It was, there was a lot of fun players available there in the second round of a dispersal. Think about it, right? Brandon Ayuk. Right, there's guys like that were there. Dobbins. I was like, man, this is exciting. Or I could have got like a, a late, late 2024 first or something. Like there's a bunch of interesting guys. Mm. Even like think about Jamison Williams, right? Traylon Burks. And it's like, you know what? I want to win. I want to win, and I don't want to be in that situation. I don't want to be. I don't want to be cycling through McSorley's. Yeah, you're. And then guess what happened in the third round? Uh, somehow Darnell Mooney slipped to me, and I was able to get Darnell Mooney anyway. So I I didn't really pay very little price for that. Like, who's going to score more fantasy points this year? Traylon Burks or Darnell Mooney? Coin flip. I don't think it's that clear. Yeah. The uh, the last question, and then this will get, will get you out on this one, is... And by the way, just one thing on this. Generally speaking, in a startup, I'm, le- I'm trying to find the Darnell Mooney players. Explain what that means. 
Darnell Mooney. So, for example, I just did another trade in the FFPC where I give up my second rounder. And this is where you cut down my second rounder. But now, when you cut down to 16, it, it, the second round's more appealing because there are some nice veterans in the second round. Just want to let everybody know that and also pushes great rookies like Tajay Spears might be a third rounder. Right. Who's an is, example of a, a veteran that might be there 204 in a in an FFPC draft? Like uh DJ Greg, Chark. I was gonna say Greg Dulcich, if you need a tight end, or does he uh, just get... he's not not in the FFPC, it's tight end right. premium. premium. But uh, you know, potentially maybe like Injoku, right? There's so there's some guys that are fun that you know, Gerald Everett. There are some guys that you might really that might really help your team in the second round, um, but I mean, not at this level. Like the guy offered me Michael Pittman, and I was like, uh, I think I got to take this. Normally, I I always just reject the first offer, but I was like, no, 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 no. This felt like that that time that someone offered me Digs for Pickens and Pacheco, and I was like, yeah, right, snap, snap, snap call. call. So I was like, snap call, I want Pittman. Jesus. Because I but I give it up my second rounder. You almost never do that. Right. Give up your second rounder in March. You know, it's way too early. That that second rounder is usually going to accrue value. So if it's even close, you reject it. But I thought it was like an overpay enough that I wanted it. But also because my sensibility is you get receivers that are either going it to the end of their first contract or about to get into their next contract. That 24 to 26 age window, the DJ Moores, right? All those guys in that window that have proven that they can put up a thousand yards in the league, those guys are not typically priced right in Dynasty. That's where the value pocket is. And so if I can have all Deontay Johnsons and Michael Pittman's, you know, all the way through, you know, we talked about Brandon Ayuk. Marquise Brown. I was going to bring him up. All these guys, that zone, all the way through Darnell Mooney, Jacoby Myers just signed his next contract, right? That that is the sweet pocket. If I could have all those kinds of guys, even like the youngest guy in that zone, maybe like a Rondale Moore, Josh Palmer, that's the zone, man. That's the zone. But oftentimes, like, it, we didn't get any this year except Jacoby Myers that had that got were able to get any kind of money at all uh, with their next contract. But that is that that's the pocket, man. That's what you're looking for. Probably the most discount version of that guy is KJ Osborne. Right. Yeah. It's because he didn't have the draft capital or, you know, he hasn't had that top 20 or top 15 season. Although we did identify on the Sonic truth podcast that the last five weeks of the season, KJ Osborne finishes the wide receiver seven. I mean, a wide receiver one for your fantasy team over a significant sample. I know football is a small sample size sport. And the, I guess the last question um, was about Ayuk. I mean, Ayuk, there's a lot of talk now or trade, just rumor talk, nothing substantial that he could be the guy traded to Kansas city being that he's going to have to be paid next year. That, San Francisco doesn't have a first round pick or second round pick. So I like that you identified Ayuk because there is an upside scenario there where he becomes a top 15 wide receiver with upside. And he's proven that he's good. Yeah. Right. But he hasn't necessarily melted faces where he, there's this like shiny object allure. You, You don't want that necessarily. That's, that's usually 
the the recipe for an overpay in Dynasty. Yeah. So remember, Michael Pittman had that last year. Would See, you Michael get- Pittman had that last year. He had the allure last year. That's why getting these guys in their, going into their second years a little dangerous, right? You're going to overpay for a T Higgins. Some of these guys, you're going to, you're going to pay a lot, right? I'd rather get the Chris Godwins when they're in the pocket, right? Get the Michael Pittman's when they're in the pocket, get, make sure they, they, you don't get them after their career year. Yeah. That's a good point there. I, I got lucky with T Higgins. I gave up pick one nine after his rookie year. So that worked out, but there's too many cases like where I gave up a first for Michael Pittman didn't exactly. I'm not happy about it. I gave up a. For, I was one of the guys who gave up a first for Chase Claypool. I fell for it. I admit it. After you know the big. That's a perfect example of where why you don't do that. Yep, why you I, don't do that, but you do like the best. I think probably the best value of all these guys, and the guy that's in the center of that bullseye, has got to be Deontay Johnson. That he just signed his extension, so he's got the new contract. Same team, so he's not at risk of having a new situation, uh, you know, threaten him. And he's coming off zero touchdowns, so now all of the allure is gone. His best ball ADP has dropped like three rounds. He's still 26. That is like, that is like, oh my God, that is so mm, like, that's like Chris Godwin coming off an ACL. Like, these are just, it's, it doesn't have to be hard, Alan. Yeah. Deontay Johnson is like the Miles Sanders from the year before, right? He Miles Sanders had zero touchdowns or yes. two touch, something like that. So he's the wide as a rule. Receiver. You put up zero touchdowns, but you show other peripheral metrics that are at, le- at least targets or at least you know, yards created. If you're a running back, then yeah, man. Remember Melvin Gordon, his rookie year had zero touchdowns or one touchdown. And then he became in his peak, a touchdown scorer. 22.5 fantasy points a game at his peak. Yeah. All right. We'll end it there. Podfather. Everyone go over to player profiler, uh, sign up for the dynasty package as I do go follow the Podfather at fantasy underscore mansion on Twitter. If you already don't, you should, uh, I'm at Alan Sislowski and go check out Rotowire, uh, free two days, rotowire.com forward slash pod. And as always, Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Big boards close, little boards open. I do at least one or two of those a day. We'll be back, everybody, next week with another Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. Noise, noise. The sun goes down on my side of town. That lonesome feeling comes to my door. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.